Hello out there. Welcome to the Opportunity Starts at Home podcast, where we take a deep look at opportunity in America today and how housing fundamentally shapes that opportunity. This is your host, Mike Kaprowski. I'm the National Director of the Opportunity Starts at Home campaign. Research is increasingly showing that housing is a foundation for virtually everything. It predicts what kind of neighborhood you'll grow up in, the quality of school you'll attend, your access to transportation and amenities. Housing shapes segregation patterns, the crime levels of your surroundings, job opportunities, exposure to certain health risks, your friends and social networks. Housing policy is school policy, health policy, economic policy, civil rights policy, and more. Few things shape our opportunity more than housing. We have lots of evidence about it, and yet housing is often overlooked by our leaders and our policymakers. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the intersections of affordable housing and faith. And to help us think through this intersection, we have the great Curtis Johnson. Uh, Curtis is the Senior Director of Housing Strategy for Catholic Charities USA. Uh, Catholic Charities USA is one of the biggest charities in the U.S., uh, serving millions of people a year, regardless of their religious, social, or economic backgrounds. Uh, Curtis has worked in the affordable housing industry for three decades, Mm -hmm. large and small housing authorities, municipalities, community development corporations. He's overseen millions in public and private financing to develop units, created an award-winning homeless prevention program, and administered a successful affordable home buyer assistance program that led to over 600 first-time homeowners. He's a graduate of Delaware University and Tufts. He served as an executive director with the Diocese of Camden, New Jersey. Curtis, you've done it all in this space. Uh, We're we're looking looking forward to to hearing from you. So I'm I'm excited. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, I am. I'm thrilled that that Catholic Charities is is one of the 14 uh, multi-sector organizations that's part of the Opportunity Starts at Home Steering Committee. Awesome. Um, I'm excited about that for a number of reasons, but one of the the big reasons, at least for me, is I, I love the way that Catholic Charities talks about the issue of affordable housing. Mm-hmm. You know, we so often we talk about the the various arguments for affordable housing. Right? Sure. There's the economic arguments. There's the healthcare arguments. There's the education arguments. There's That's the right. civil rights arguments. And I think you and I would would agree on on a lot of those. But uh, I love uh, that Catholic Charities, as you'd expect, uh, doesn't shy away from the moral arguments uh, for for affordable housing and perhaps it's the most important argument of all and it's something that i think we might not talk about enough that it is just the morally right thing to do um and i've had it happen i don't know if you've had it happen but i've had you know people say to me well you know don't don't talk about the the moral stuff stick to the economic case stick to the education case stick to the dollars and cents um but i don't see how you can avoid it and i don't think we we should be afraid to, to talk about this issue in moral terms so i mean I guess my first question to you is, you know, do we spend enough time talking about uh, the moral reasons for for affordable housing? You know, Mike, I don't think you can spend enough time talking about the moral reasons or the just reasons or any of the other reasons. I think uh, affordable housing, you know, it's uh, it's challenging work and it's important work. And I think whatever voice you take to express that and to get our message across, that's what's important. So if if, if a certain sector, uh, section of the audience needs the moral justification, so be it. Yeah. If others need the economics, we'll do that too. If others need the mission or the revitalization, whatever the reason, it becomes, as, as I keep coming back to, opportunity starts at home, yeah. multi-sector. That's where it goes. You've got to... You've got to 
pound this message in a, a number of different ways. And you know what? Morality, they can, you can couple that with uh, economics. You can couple that with mission. Yeah. Cou- couple that with volunteers. But you know what? You can't say it enough. Yeah, yeah. And the, the beautiful part of it is you don't have to you don't have to like make a great stretch to make these arguments. Not I mean, that's that's the powerful part of this issue of housing is it, it really does touch all these other areas. Absolutely. And you don't have to like, you know, you're not drawing very long lines to get from one argument to the other. It's not all correct. sort of embedded. So, yeah. Um, so that's that's a that's a really interesting way to, to think about it. Um, so I want to on, on the website, Catholic sure. Charities explains mm-hmm. why it's involved in housing. And I wanted to. Um, wanted to read what it says on the website because I think it's it's pretty compelling. Sure. Uh, it says, quote, having a stable, affordable home is essential for both individuals and society. A safe and decent home allows parents to maintain jobs, children to stay in the same schools, and the local economy to be supported, similar to some of the other arguments sure. that we've mentioned. But here's, I think, the sentence that really stands out to me. Having a home underscores the inherent dignity of the person's who live there sure right at the end of the day this is about human dignity that's and right. having a home is part of human dignity and Absolutely. what is that, that concept of having a home and, and having it be synonymous with human dignity what does that mean to you you know it's a very compelling statement and to me this means that persons who who dwell in that home feel valued yeah they feel protected they feel worthwhile and I think dignity is in play when you yourself feel that you matter. I just think it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. How how's Catholic Charities involved in housing? It's involved in a, a number of ways. It's it's a top tier issue for for your organization. Sure is. I want the audience to understand really how many different ways Catholic Charities is involved in housing. Well, what what a what a question. Catholic Charities USA and its member agencies have a, a, a long and this uh, deep stake in affordable housing for a very long time and in a number of ways that are all important and all very valuable. Um, we can start with uh, production. We've had a long history of producing affordable housing of all types, senior housing, family housing, special needs housing, shelters, you name it, um, homes for sale. Um, mm-hmm. Member agencies have done it all. Um, and they continue to do it all. And they work through challenges. Uh, uh, and, 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 and in 2016, I can tell you that Members reported over 37,000 units in total together. So yeah. you can see there's a commitment to that. But keep in mind, um, they also provide housing services that are equally uh, valuable. Um, rent and mortgage assistance, um, uh, eviction prevention services, housing counseling, foreclosure counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things, uh, coupled with case management, make a difference in not only helping someone attain housing, but maintain housing. So um, member agencies are just uh, involved in a number of ways. Um, In 2016, over 228,000 people received one or more of these services. So, you know, we're real happy and it's really diverse. It's spread out. 
Um, you know, 64% of our um, client base are adults, 26% are children, mm -hmm. 10% are seniors. So we're covering the yeah, gamut. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And what is, so what's your role specifically uh, in this space? And what do you, what does your day look like? What do you do? Okay, so my role basically is as Senior Director of Housing Strategy, as you said. And I, you know, it's kind of neat because uh, I get to work with a great bunch of people, both at CCUSA and our member agencies. Yeah. So keep in mind that uh, CCUSA is engaged in a number of valuable services, everything from disaster relief services to social enterprise to integrated health to nutrition to working with children and families, uh, on and on. And, and uh, forgive me, anybody, if I missed no. <laughs> missed you. But yeah. and 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 I found being there day to day, housing kind of intersects with with just about all of them in some kind of way, yeah. um, and so. What we've done is formed what we call a housing community of practice. So member agencies that are involved in affordable housing or interested in affordable housing or becoming engaged in affordable housing connect uh, uh, from time to time via webinars or in uh, uh, meetings or uh, biannual meetings to get together and to network and to mm -hmm. share ideas and to educate. More importantly, to advocate together because we know this strength together makes a difference. So we we look for ways that we can align. You know, our diversity. We some say, oh well, when you see one Catholic charities, you see one Catholic charities. Yeah. Well, that's very true, but there's also strength in your diversity. So sure. we we take advantage of that. We examine our strengths, shore up our weaknesses, and look for ways to align our resources. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, you know, we've, we've been in a few meetings before, and one of the things that comes through with you is the, the passion that you have for this mm -hmm. work. And, um, you know, I mean, I read your bio. Okay. Um, what's, what's the stuff that we don't see in the official resume? I mean, what what fires you up to, to do this work? I mean, you've been doing it for three yeah. decades now. A little, little bit. Yeah. What? You know, I'll tell you um, a number of things get involved in it. Uh, housing is a, a very kind of intimate business. You, yeah. you really directly affect somebody's life. And uh, of all the, there's a lot of joy and a lot of pain. And sure. that's one of the neat things about the community practice. People get together and, and they know what you're talking yeah. about. But every now and then you get that nice letter from somebody or uh, a call and say, you know what, thank you for you know, this housing, changed my life. And then even rarer, you'll get that neighbor that says, you know what, this really helped our yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was going to be a problem, but no, I, I'm, 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 I'm glad you're here. You guys uh, develop and manage it really well. And, and, and when you get those kinds of stories, and that's what our our social policy team at USA asked us for it. They said, um, the technical stuff is nice, but where are the stories? Yeah. That's what we need to take to the Hill. We're, you know, and, and when you can say how a gentleman called me up and asked about, you know, cleaning out his, uh, mother's apartment after she passed away in one of our senior housing projects. Mm -hmm. And I said, Oh, is there a problem getting the property manager? He said, no, I just wanted to tell you, that my mother only lived here nine months, but they were probably the nine best nine mm. months of her life, mm. being around people her age. Or so yeah, that yeah. that's what rocks you. So yeah. 
aside from all the challenges, all the negativity, you can get up and go back at it another day. And yeah. So yeah. I've done it a couple days. A, a few, a few <laughs> days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you sort of alluded to this. Um, I mean, you, you hear a lot about the the stories of how this impacts people's lives, but I've also found it interesting too. Who you, you alluded to this? The neighbors. Yes. Who maybe were a little bit concerned, oh, yes. right? The, the label of oh, affordable housing is coming right. in my backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know about this. I don't know if I'm for this. I don't know if I want it in my backyard. And yet, in instances where it actually happens, they're converted, right? They see that these people are—they're just like me, right? They just have a little bit less money, well, right? and it's—and it's going to be okay. You're absolutely right. And you know what happens? It's also important when—and and I think our member agencies did this really well. They re- work real hard, especially on the development side, yeah. to bring in those extra little features, not to just provide the affordable, but the quality part. Sure. And we manage pretty tough. And one thing about managing tough and enforcing the rules is that it maintains the property. And I got to tell you, over and over again, it happens that someone and the general public searching for an apartment comes up to one of your buildings and they find out, what do you mean I'm over income? Mm. What, what is this? Oh, this is affordable housing? Yeah. That's what we love. Yeah. That's what gets us motivated. So where, if you if you think about, I mean, if Catholic Charity is involved in a, in a ton of space, including policy advocacy too sure. in terms of housing, right? So. In the big scheme of things, where would you say that, in terms of housing, that Catholic Charities has been most successful, and where do you think you still have some some challenges? Hmm. Good question. You know, I got to tell you, as diverse as we are, I think we're kind of spread out all over the all over the place. Um, I think we've been very successful in. taking advantage of some of the resources and uh, uh, that are available to us, like sur- surplus prop- church property mm-hmm. and being able to, uh, in some instances, convert that into affordable housing, uh, especially when we can do that in, in, in the communities that may have said, oh, not here, challenge us, what have you, right. and, and still being able to make a stake and, and, and do that. Um, I think we've also been uh, successful in, in engaging in communities because often our churches have long, deep roots in communities. Sure. So they give us a presence and they and lend a bunch of credibility when you're starting to talk about developing a project in a town or in a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, challenges, I think everybody has challenges <laughs> yeah. in this work. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've worked in a bunch of different places, both faith-based and not, and... Mm-hmm. Um, those challenges, those complexities still exist. So, you know, you've got to deal with um, uh, funding rules and regulations and compliance. But, you know, I think there are also things that we look at, like, um, you know, a, a few of us, including myself, uh, have, have some gray hair now. So yeah. how are we going to re-up the... Uh, those that come behind us and to, to yeah. take this stuff to the next level. And we have to pay attention to, you know, that kind of secession and, and, and mm-hmm. looking at uh, how we uh, develop uh, future leaders in this space. It's important to us and that they understand how to deal in our particular arena, in our in our faith base, but also yeah. understanding how to yeah. do the work. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you've been in... 
non-faith-based organizations, faith-based. Are there are there unique challenges that come along with being in a faith-based organization that maybe you didn't have to deal with in some some other capacities? Um, you know, I don't know that I would say they were unique. I would say they're different. Yeah. I think every organization that I've been involved in had their own set of unique yeah, sure. challenges. So in faith-based, you just you you may have some extra things like okay, let's see. Uh, I need the parish priest on board, the yeah. parish council, or yeah. um, I've also worked in Baptist organizations. So mm-hmm. I got to get the reverend here, there. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's any more or or there may be a different expectation. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I, I really think that, truthfully, wherever you're coming from, housing authorities have their own set of rules. So yeah. it's, a, it's challenging all over. Every culture has yeah. its. Yeah, sure. sure does. Um, so... This is a this is something that I that I think about a lot is, you know how we how we measure our society, um, and uh, there, there's a quote from from Pope Francis that always um, has struck me when it, since he said it he said the measure of the greatness of a society is found in the way it treats those most in need those who have nothing apart from their poverty. How are we doing right now on that on that measure as a nation? Um, how are we treating those most in need? You know, yeah, I, I like the, the the quote you you have there, and and, and every time I do I uh, or work on one of the webinars at mm-hmm. uh, out of for our membership, I try to find quotes from the Pope. And, yeah. um, and for me, with regards to housing, I'll say this: you know, how we're doing without good affordable housing is really hard to stay healthy. Um, yeah. yeah, without good affordable stable housing it's hard to find and maintain stable employment where you can advance and you know go elsewhere without quality affordable housing it's just hard to get a a solid education and we can go on and on and sure. on um you know the struggle for affordable housing just seems to to get tougher every day um yeah. and and the lower your household income um the more it's it's harder to find. Now, having said all that, I still think we, and I include me, you, and everybody else in this space, you know, we're a core group of caring people, and, you know, it's our job to continue this battle. Yeah. Um, and, and however we fight it, that's what matters. And and I think, you know, it's incumbent upon us to come up with new ideas. And, again, you opened up and said you're happy to have Catholic Charities USA on Opportunity Starts at Home campaign steering committee. Yeah. We're equally happy to be a part of it because we think partnerships like that, cross-sector, um, bringing attention to uh, affordable housing in a way that maybe no one else has thought about it, yeah. um, you know, have, have businesses haven't thought about it. I, I, I mean, you know, that's what we have to create. And, you know, that's that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the challenges is the sort of the notions that we have around poverty and, and poor people. Sure. And, um, you know, I mean, there is there is that notion that the the poor are they're other they're, they are others they are not like us, uh, and therefore somehow they're not our responsibility. I mean, you've done this stuff at the ground level. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you combat that mindset when you're advocating uh, for more robust, affordable housing solutions? Because surely you encounter that on a fairly regular basis. Uh, occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> you're, being, you're being diplomatic, Curtis. Right? Um, 
you know what? Like you can't you combat it by by advocating your message with as many partners as you can. Yeah. In as many ways as you can. You tell your story in different ways. You you know, affordable housing is is an all hands on deck kind of undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um and we need stories and um, um, arguments and presentations from everyone, from the most skilled researcher to the most satisfied client or resident in a property. Yeah. Um, in my experience, people often have an aha moment, I'll call it, when... Not necessarily when misfortune strikes them, but when it mm-hmm. strikes someone that they care about. Mm-hmm. Um, an aging parent or a neighbor or a relative loses a spouse, or in other words, losing an income. Yeah, yeah. Now everything has changed. And so we're kind of taking a look at this, and suddenly I'm, I recall getting a call from late on Fridays, a distress call from someone suddenly in need, and coming face-to-face with the dreaded years-long, and I say that in air quotes, wait list at one of our properties. Now suddenly there's this, oh, wow, we need that. So one of the other messages is we have to remind people that anyone could suddenly find themselves in need of affordable housing, and you want it to be there. Yeah, yeah. That we're, you know, many of us are just one crisis away from... In a situation where we're going to need some help. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not, I think part of that, part of that argument is that, you know, things happen to good people, right? And it's not, it's not an individual moral failing if you need um, affordable housing. Um, it's, you know, it's not a laziness issue or a bad decision making issue. And so um, I think one of the, one of the things that, that strikes me is, um just, just the reality that people can't, um, a lot of people can't afford housing today because the rents sure. are so much higher than wages. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, our housing market in a, in a lot of ways is is failing, and it has nothing to do with how hard or how not hard people work. I mean, Certainly. I, there was a Harvard study that that uh, just came out their their annual state of housing, and they found that uh, renters' incomes have gone up. Five percent since mm-hmm. 1960, <laughs> and during that same time, rents have gone up 61 percent. That's right. right? And so, uh, and then there's there's the uh, research out of the National Low Income Housing Coalition about um, you know to afford just a decent one bedroom rental home, uh, if you're a minimum wage worker, you'd have to work 109 hours <laughs> per week in Virginia. You'd have to work 82 hours per week in Texas, 79 in Georgia, 62 in Idaho, right? And people think, well, you know, you just move somewhere cheaper. Well, you got to work 62 hours in in Idaho. I mean, these are just physically not enough hours in the week. This isn't just a matter of, oh, uh, you know, somebody can't afford their rent. They just need to, you know, work an extra five or 10 hours a week. That's not the situation. It's a matter of adding 50 hours per week, 60 hours per week. I mean, people just are not... um, able to to do that and so the problem is hard work doesn't allow you to put a decent stable roof over people's heads Mm -hmm. and so i think this this whole conversation really gets into the catholic social justice um, teachings right and there's you have these seven principles and i'm not going to go through them all but you have principles like you know workers rights and and caring about the environment and 
uh, family and community and marriage and life and dignity and um, you know trying to avoid war and the death penalty. I mean, there's a lot of teachings sure. that fall into that, but mm -hmm. there's one that I really want to hit on, which I think is is closest to the affordable housing issue, which is. Uh, what what is referred to by the, um, the the conference of bishops is the option for the poor and vulnerable. Okay, and uh, the the conference for the bishops uh, conference of bishops says that you know the basic moral test is how our most vulnerable members are faring in a society marred. This is a quote from them: in sure. a society marred by deeping divisions between rich and poor, our tradition recalls the story of the last judgment and instructs us to put the needs of the poor and vulnerable first. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty powerful and some would say radical message, right? Mm -hmm. Putting the poor first sure. in our policy. So in, in respect of federal housing policy, mm -hmm. um, are we putting the poor first in terms of our policy priorities? Well, you know, I think what we have to be mindful of for me is uh, first we, 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 we take a look at ourselves inwardly and see how we're doing. And... What that means is, is us housers or providers, are we working better? Are we working smarter to uh, address this? And then it becomes another issue of, uh, are, is our message resonating? Are we getting it through? Are we saying it enough? Um, I, in, in some respects, I think it comes back to um, making sure we continue to tell our story and tell it with a sense of urgency and tell it in different ways. We need all the stakeholders involved. And, you know, I, I, sometimes I look at the, the private sector and I, I think about something like, as simple as Geico. How many Geico commercials have you seen? Yeah, Tons of different, bunches yeah. of different ways, all these. And if you think about it, you know, all those are their little stakeholders, but they're saying the same message. And we've got to get to that same point because in, in, in a lot of ways, we can almost drive, if, if not, you know, not morality, but we can drive the message mm -hmm. that is, we believe, a moral message. Yeah. And often it's a, a drumbeat. It's I don't know. Have you ever found yourself singing a crazy song that you know you didn't like, but you heard it so much every time you got in the car and you, why am I humming this? All the time. It, it's it's yeah. it's kind of drilled into you. Yeah, yeah. And we've kind of, in, 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 the, in our space of affordable housing, we've kind of got to get to that point where we're, we're drilling this in. And, and when we go up on the hill or you go to your state house or you go see your mayor, I almost want them saying, here they come again. Mm -hmm. And to the point where then they're ready to work with you because they want to yeah. please you. So yeah. I, I think, you know, we have to control what we can control and we can control us. Yeah. And, and getting on the same page. I mean, there's there's, you know, there's been a lot of messaging research in, in housing in terms of is there are there the magic words to say that will convince everybody? And maybe what we've forgotten about is whatever whatever the words are. We got to be saying the same words. We got to be on the same page, and we have to reinforce each other's messages here. Absolutely. And there is, frankly, a language barrier between different sectors, right? In Absolutely. Faith-based and healthcare and education and housers. Uh, we all might recognize the importance of affordable housing, but we talk about it in very different ways. We use very different language, and so that's right. I think what you're saying is it might not be the search for the magic word. It's let's coordinate and let's figure out how we're going to talk about this issue in conjunction, so that no matter 
you know, who the policymaker is hearing from, they're going to be hearing the same message reinforced over and over again, and that has tremendous impact. That's right. And yeah. you know something, you know, if, if they like that version of the song or they like my version or your version, you know what? We really don't care. We're just trying to find the version that they like. And that's when you get your message across. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about, we, we talked about the, the policymakers piece. Sure. Let's talk about the, the policy advocacy piece. Okay. Because this, this is a big stream of work for Catholic Charities. Um, there's certainly an involvement in, in policy advocacy. And so this isn't simply, I think, in the, in the view of Catholic Charities and the, the view of the church. Um, this is not something that can be solved by charities alone. That, that, that charities are certainly important sure. but this needs you need smart government policy mm-hmm. and uh, again I'll, I'll quote the the Confer- uh, conference of catholic bishops okay um quote voluntary groups have irreplaceable roles but cannot substitute for the proper working of the market and the just policies of the state society has a moral obligation including government action where necessary to assure opportunity meet basic human needs that's right etc so, I mean, are we correct to think that, you know, when markets aren't working for everyone, mm-hmm. the government has a moral obligation to step in? You know something? Um, I think everyone has a role in this issue. Government, yeah. churches, businesses, citizens, etc. Um, and I think we all play a valuable role in, in that. And I think... Us playing that role gets government to respond. Um, I I think we have to to keep in mind, I think morality is part of it. And if that resonates with some part of it, then then we go that route. Um, To me, this, you know, we need all stakeholders engaged and energized, top down, bottoms up, side to side, I don't know. But for our advocacy to be effective, you know, it, we need coordinated and multifaceted approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I will tell you, I, I think we are effective, but we know we can do better. Um, I think the evidence of the, the effectiveness is um, the pushback. Um, listen, if you're not a threat to me, I don't need to push back. Right. But if your message is kind of getting through and I'm not bought in yet, I got to push back. And, you know, we, we face pushback. So to me, that means we're 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 we're, we're doing something right. We're, we're getting to yeah. there where there's some ch- chinks in the armor that we're getting through. But we got to keep pushing through till we overcome and and community and development and housing in the last 40, 50 years has really grown to become a formidable sector in and of itself, but it's got to continue to evolve. Um, And so um, when we come at government or or morality, I think we we just can't look at things in a vacuum. We've got to look at it in the entirety. And so, again, I go back to this organization and this campaign. It's exciting because... I want to hear from assortment of businesses. I want to hear from other sectors. I want to, I'll tell you, Catholic Charities recently, Catholic Charities USA recently convened um, uh, a um, a, a group of uh, health providers and Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, 
funders and uh, some of our uh, key uh, housers to uh, talk about healthy housing innovations. Yeah. And so we're working on trying to come up with models that uh, help us coordinate and do that. I mean, it's similar to what uh, Opportunity Starts at Home is doing. Sure. So we're, we're trying to look at this differently, look at this innovatively, and then put pressure on governments, on every other sector, every other institution to get in line and get involved. Yeah. It's always struck me your, your positivity around this, and I think it's important. And I want to I want to get at this what, what you talked about with the, the pushback. Okay. That when there is pushback, you know you're doing something right. Yeah. And there's a there's a positivity to that. And mm-hmm. I think it's when you when you're in the housing space, it's it's pretty easy to kind of get woe is me, right? Like yep. oh, there's all this pushback and nobody understands and you know, we're, we're not a national priority. And it, it's sort of easy to get to get down on things. Only one out of four people have. Um, uh, that are eligible for federal housing assistance actually receive it. And that's, that's true, right. and that's a horrible statistic. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy, I think, to get to get depressed in this space and to say, geez, you know, we're just not. Um, but, but what you're saying is the fact that there's pushback against this is actually there's a silver lining to that because it means that we're being somewhat effective, right? That if there, if there wasn't pushback, if there was just total silence, well, then that means our message isn't getting anywhere. That's the right. fact that there is pushback you're saying take that as a positive thing. And look, I, that's an interesting Absolutely. Yeah. When it, let's, let's take it to the grassroots level. When you develop yeah. a project and you finally have a town or a mayor or somebody say, you know what, actually this turned out pretty good. Yeah. And you go to the next town and you say, you know what, go to the town down the road and ask them how we did. Yeah. And then find out what are you. Come stop by and see me anytime and see how I'm doing. And if I'm not doing well, hold me accountable. But at the end of the day, if this message or is it this this truth that we speak is starting to pierce through, mm-hmm. then somebody's feeling a little pain about it, and so they start to speak. And then I think you know, yeah, we this is a this is a heavy lift. It's hard work, sure. but you know what? We're in it. We've been in it for a while, and so now. It's no time to get tired. Yeah, that's right. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask, I mean, this is, um, we've talked a lot about the, the Catholic Charities um, context. Sure. Um, but is this, a, is this a common thread amongst various uh, faith communities? Are there other faith communities that are active in this space? Are there kind of multi-faith initiatives that are focused on housing? What can you tell us about those sorts of efforts? You know, I can say... Short answer, yes and yes. Um, it is a, uh, uh, a common thread that's run through. As I said before, um, faith-based institutions, often through their churches, have deep roots in communities. They have built-in trust. Uh, they've been there through a, a number of other crises or challenging times, including housing. So um, it becomes something that they can really get close to and see what a need is. Mm-hmm. Um I think also there are just there's just there are also places where there are multi faith uh, efforts. Um, I've worked on some myself. Did a project with uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church, a United Methodist Church, and you know, and a housing authority to boot. And so yeah. you know, there's uh, creative ways in bringing congregations and churches together. And it's pretty moving to see sure. the success of that and and still ongoing. And my gosh. They're just, you know, 
numerous faith-based housing uh, developers and uh, service providers, so many, I mean, Mercy Housing, United Methodist, uh, National Church Residents, Volunteers America, just to name a few of the larger ones. But yeah. my gosh, there are so many smaller ones that are operating CDCs around the country that are maybe just committed to one project here on their land or what have you. But yeah. it's still important to, to point to the fact that they're out here helping to meet a need. Yeah. And it goes beyond their congregations or their parishes it goes to their communities mm -hmm. and so I think um, churches and faith-based institutions really are, are, are in that community development space mm -hmm. heavily yeah I want to want to ask I, I think it's the hardest question because <laughs> um, I think it, it forces us to look hard in the mirror as a, as a country um, it's one that I've certainly wrestled with but um, there's a, a 2017 Gallup poll, um, and, and three quarters of Americans identified uh, with the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And 37%, uh, according to this poll, 37% of Americans can be classified as highly religious based on uh, their own self-reports of church attendance and the importance of religion in their lives. Another 30% of Americans are classified as uh, moderately um, religious. And, you know, I think as we've sort of alluded to, the... Mm -hmm. um, Christian faith, the Bible, um, many faiths have really clear teachings about economic justice for the poor. Mm -hmm. um, Book of Isaiah, right? True worship is to work for justice and to care for the poor and the oppressed. Proverbs, mm -hmm. speak out in defense of the poor. Yeah. So the reality in this country today, as I mentioned earlier, is only one out of four families that are eligible yeah. for federal housing assistance will yep. get help because we've never funded it at scale. Right. At the scale necessary. Mm -hmm. It's a hard question. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, are we living the values we proclaim to believe in? You know, it's a hard question. But I think at the, when, we, when it comes down to especially the affordable housing, um, again, I think we've got to really just batter down and, and, and focus on the message that we need to bring. Um, you know, there, there are things we can control and there are things we can't. And we need to know the difference and then plan accordingly. And I think that um, when we focus laser-like on our messaging, our programming, uh, holding up our examples, uh, I think then we start to move society, governments, um, ideologies, where we need them to move to get them where we need to be. As I said before, uh, you, you and I might like the same song by different singers, then that's how we have to bringing all of these participants into the conversation to to get us where we need to be. I, I think it's important that we align with faith-based and professionals and all of these other caring and smart 
operations, whatever their agenda or goals and objectives with affordable housing are, you and I both know that one out of four is just not enough. So at this point, it's really, what's my end game here and how am I trying to get there? I'm trying to get more affordable housing units, and I'm trying to also have less people um, dependent on. So, you know, those are kind of my end games there. And at some point, you know, as as long as I can do it in a just and honorable way, I'm a happy guy. Um, If it's somebody having to hear from a preacher or a priest or or none, okay, good. If they need to hear from the researchers and the professionals and the students of the industry, okay. If they need to hear from the little old lady in apartment 2B, mm-hmm. man, that works for me too. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's, again, this, this combination approach. And the biggest challenge for us is not to get tired, not to get overwhelmed. It's a, it's a, it's a big lift, but you know, we, we, we stay nimble enough to take it in pieces and, and keep, you know, keep going where we're going. That's why even at Catholic Charities USA, we don't just look at production. We look at preservation. So we're kind of drawing our line in the sand. Now we're not going back. We're just going forward. Mm -hmm. So, you hold your ground, and then you take another step. There you go. Mm-hmm. Three decades, and you still got a great attitude toward Man, it. And I think I'm those in the audience who it. need a little pick-me-up, <laughs> I'll, I'll give them your number. I yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. They'll give you a call. Well, if they call me, then they got to join us. That's right. Hey, All there right. you go. There you go. Fair All enough. Right. Fair enough. Well, Curtis, I, uh, I certainly appreciate you uh, taking the time out. Um, I think the audience will find it really interesting. I certainly found it interesting. And I think the number of ways that the Catholic Charities is involved in this space is just really tremendous and, and mm-hmm. we're, we're certainly proud to have you as as a steering committee organization we're proud to for, be a board mike and appreciate your time yeah absolutely all, all right. right thanks curtis thank Much you appreciate it all, all right. right thanks